Hi, I'm Jessie, your host of the Jessie Williams podcast. I'm an entrepreneur and business mentor bringing you fun and thought-provoking conversations around money, business, and personal development. This podcast is for the go-getters and the dream chasers, for the ones who want to build the business of their dreams, optimize their mind, and improve their life. So if that's you, buckle in and let's send it. Hello guys, welcome back to the podcast for another solo episode and today's one's probably going to be quite short and sweet, um, but we're going to be talking about responsibility and how having more responsibility can be unconsciously blocking you from getting to your next level. Before we get into it, and, and this is it's on the same theme, but I want to tell you guys like just a little story around kind of like what inspired this episode. And it's something as simple as me filling up my car with petrol because last week I was filling up my car with petrol. I didn't feel like it, but I desperately needed it. So I jumped out of the car, started filling it up and I had to make sure that this petrol station had premium fuel. And the reason is because my car now, I now own a a Porsche Macan, only takes premium fuel. You have to put premium in it. And I was thinking about how there was like a time in my life where, you know, the, the Porsche that I currently drive was my dream car. And I had another car that didn't necessarily require premium, but if you don't know about cars, most cars run better off of premium. So even if your car doesn't need premium unleaded fuel, if you even every fourth, fifth time run premium through it, um, it's going to be good for the car. Okay. However, when I decided to get the Macan, I wasn't just getting a new car. I wasn't just upgrading. I was also committing to take on more responsibility. So I, from the moment that I decided to sign over and buy that car, I was committing to always having to get premium fuel, irregardless of the price, irregardless of whether I'd had a low cash month, like irregardless of money shit coming up too bad, so fucking sad, your car requires premium fuel, right? And it sounds like such a little thing, but it's really interesting because it got me thinking how this applies in so many different other areas and also in bigger areas as well. I not only signed up to always having to commit to have premium fuel, but I also want to make sure that I'm looking after my car, which means I now go through like Porsche for the servicing. The servicing's more expensive. If there's a part that I need, the parts are more expensive. It's not just getting a nicer car and now you drive a nicer car. When you have that car, you are committing to be responsible for the maintenance of it. And it's it's really interesting because I remember growing up and and I'm a little bit biased here because I grew up with a dad that was a mechanic and I also have like two brothers that are in like the automotive industry. So like I've always been someone who's wanted to look after my cars and I am one of those people that I am like clockwork, get my car serviced, okay? So usually you're given like a time or a kilometer every time my car hits that kilometer when a service is due, I get a service. And I have been doing that since I owned my first car at 18 years old. And I was working in retail casually. I didn't make a lot of money, but if it came between getting my car service and getting, you know, a new dress to go out on the weekend, I was getting my car serviced because that was something that I had signed up to be responsible for when I purchased that car. And I remember having a conversation with other people and I, I 
do feel like this is more common with women um, based on a lot of the conversations I've had. But I remember having a conversation with someone where I was like, oh, I haven't, um, my car is due for a service or something like that. And this person being like, oh, I haven't had mine serviced in like five years. And I was like, what do you mean? What do you mean you haven't had your car serviced in five years? They're like, I just like just keep forgetting and like never go back. And I remember being so dumbfounded because like, I didn't even know that was like an option. And like, obviously it's an option, but in my head, that wasn't even an option for me. And I remember even when I would make money from my part-time job and I would have to fill up my car with fuel. And I remember how that would make, like I I would have friends that would be like, fuck, got to fill my car up with fuel. It's another like $50. Or I would even have friends that would like, set a limit. They're like, Oh, I'll put $40 in. I'm like, why don't you just like fill it up? And they would only want to put $40 in it because that they were looking at like, Oh, well, if I don't, whatever I put in my car, that's less money over here. For me, I never looked at fuel as what I'm spending on fuel is taking away from going out for brunch or going to the movies. It was like, that's just a commitment. Like, that's just like my living expenses. That's like, that's like rent. That's like fucking food. Like, like fuel is fuel. Like you, if your car is empty or if your car needs to be filled, you just fill it back up. And it was really interesting. And I started seeing a little bit of a different dynamic in relation to this. But where I'm even going with that is I have always upkept my cars. I've always made it a priority, even when I owned a car that like my, not my last car or the car before that, but the car before that, which was my first car, I sold for $1,500 secondhand. Like it, it was a Hyundai i30 and it had done like 300,000 kilometers or, or like 250,000. I don't know. It had done a lot. I sold it for like $1,500. I still religiously got that car service. I, really, really looked after it. And then my second car that I ever got was a Hyundai Velosa. I fucking love that car. I was so proud of that car. It was one of my biggest accomplishments getting it. I, I still remember I did like a Facebook post about it. But when I even got my Hyundai Velosa, I remember in my head, I was like, okay, it doesn't need premium fuel, but I am going to be someone who one day owns a car that needs premium fuel. And so how would I be looking after my cars if I was the kind of person that had that sort of car? And so I made kind of like a rule with myself that every fourth time that I would put fuel in my car, I would put premium in it. And I remember it feeling edgy because I I knew that my car didn't quote unquote need it and it would function without it. But it was doing something where it was like not just doing the bare minimum, but what that said about me is being someone who was like responsible and who really looked after her things and was worthy of having nicer things. And then, you know, you fast forward, I had like a a Mercedes um, C250D after that. And then now I've got like my Porsche and I recently just had my first service on my Porsche. I've only had it for 12 months. I hadn't even done the kilometers required um, to get your first service, but I'd had it for a year. So um, I just like went in, got it serviced. And obviously like the service is more expensive than the previous cars that I've owned. But yeah, all of this really sparked the other day when I was like filling up my um, car with premium fuel. And I was like, fuck, fuel it's pretty expensive. And I, I don't usually look at the price of fuel and stuff like that. If you've been around in the podcast for a long time, you'll know that like fuel was one of the first things that I focused on to really work on my money mindset, but a story for another time. But I don't really look at the cost of fuel. But I happened to notice this day and I was like, oh, would suck if I just like didn't want to 
you know, pay this extra for the premium, I don't have a fucking choice. So, um, yeah, it, it really just got my mind kind of like ticking. But why I'm kind of going down this whole entire path is because this is really where it comes to growth as a whole in any level, whether it's like you're wanting to, you know, um, get promoted or excel in your career, you're wanting to make more money or, or scale your business, you're wanting to get your dream body or see better health outcomes, whatever situation it is, it's really asking yourself, one, Am I willing to take the responsibility that's going to be the required at the next level of having that thing or being that person? And two, based on how I'm currently leading myself and the kind of person that I am and the actions that I take and how I'm executing and, and how I'm behaving and, and leading myself and all these things, does it make sense for me to have more or better? Right? So I even look at it and someone, let's use the example of business. Someone wants to make more money in their business. They want to scale. They're currently like, you know, hustling to get their business off the ground. They're doing everything by themselves and they, they want a team. They want to be making more money. And it's like, okay, cool. You want to, you want to hire your first full-time team member. You want to be having a business that's scaled enough to be able to afford that. You, you want to be building yet you're backing out of contracts or you're not investing in mentorship or you literally have had your phone bill sitting on your kitchen bench for three fucking weeks and you're not paying it. Like, you know, all of these kind of things. And you look at, does it actually make sense of someone who was in an abundance of money is how you're showing up around money and your commitments to that and your decisions and your investments, does that actually align with someone that is abundant with money. And you can use it in a lot of other situations as well. Let's come back to the car example. You want a nicer car, yet are you even looking after the car you currently have? Will you get your car cleaned or will you clean it yourself? Will you you know, fill it the fuck up when it needs to be filled up or are you still doing the oldest chuck $40 in it worth in it like are you still dabbling in that behavior because someone who's driving a Porsche isn't like oh just put 40 bucks in they're just filling up their fucking car so you get to really look at these these kind of behaviors that you're doing and how you're leading yourself in different situations in your life and really look at okay I say I want this thing does how I'm treating what I currently have or the standard that I currently have make sense for that level Let's even use the example of your dream body, right? Like you want, you know, better health outcomes and, and this can be aesthetically, but it can also be internally. It can be like your gut health or, or whatever, or you're, or you're wanting some sort of sort of situation. And it's like, okay, but have you nailed the foundations? Are you making sure that you are walking frequently? Are you exercising? Are you eating well? Like, is your behavior actually reflective of someone? And this is where people can look at, and I'm just going to use aesthetics. They can look at someone's body and be envious and jealous and and they can project that it's all genetics. Oh my God, like I just wish I had those fucking genetics. Meanwhile, they're on the couch watching Netflix, digging into a full bag of fucking chips. And it's like, okay, well, like, you can blame genetics or you can actually look at the fact that you're digging into your third bag of fucking chips. Do you know what I mean? Like it's, 
we so easily want to project that people get lucky or they they have all these things, yet we're not willing to take responsibility. And I know that fucking stings, but it's true. And this is where I've spoken about this on my social media before, but I've spoken about how I actually have a very, very low tolerance for complaining where people complain and do nothing to help themselves. And there is a difference between venting about a situation. I'm not someone that's like, you can never talk about a fucking problem, but it's like, what frequency do you bring in the problem from? Do you bring it in from, hey, I just need to be heard and witnessed in this. And like, I just need someone to hear me right now. And then, you know, you move on and you're good. Or is it like, hey, I just need to talk this through. I need advice and a soundboard. And then you go away and you execute that advice. When you are like sharing about something or like, let's just say a problem. Are you in a, are you in a problem solving frequency? Are you in a problem solving frequency? Because I have seen and witnessed two very different types of frequencies over hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of hours of coaching people. People can bring in a problem to complain about it, to play victim to it and to get sympathy for it, to have things externally outside of themselves to blame for why they are the way they are or why X happened or, you know, they want to complain just so that they can shed all of responsibility, just so they can feel better about their situation and just so that that there's always something outside of themselves and they get to play victim to that and, and get sympathy for it. Or people bring in problems from a frequency of, I want to fucking solve this. I don't want this to be a problem again. I don't want this to be something that I'm struggling with in three weeks. And they bring it in from a frequency of like, what do I need to hear, do or have happen in order for this to no longer be a problem, in order for me to solve this, in order for me to actually transcend this so that I don't need to bring it up again. So people really come in from either a victim frequency or a problem solving frequency of really wanting to work through things. So it's not to say that you don't get to have problems and things like that, but what frequency are you coming from? So even with, with when it comes to like complaining, sometimes I see people in an energy of like, you're just like, you're just frustrated and you're just having a moment and they're just like having an emotional moment. A, a human, like, just like, let them be frustrated, let them be angry, let them be annoyed because it's not a pattern for them and there's not a victim frequency to it. It's like, they're just having an emotional response and and, and that's beautiful and that's perfect. What I do have a problem with is when people complain like they're a victim to something, yet they are doing nothing to help themselves out of that situation. I've shared an example of this on my podcast and I know it's such a fucking touchy subject and I am not a medical professional. I also like, I invite you to access discernment here. Every human body is different. Every situation is different, every whatever, but I use it because if you're willing, rather than getting defensive, if you're willing to be open, I think this is a really, really beautiful story. The example, and I've used it before, is me with endometriosis. I have never played victim to that. I have never done, like even when I was younger, like a, a like victim-y Facebook post, like fuck endo, like even like like um, endo warrior, <laughs> like shit like that. And some people would be like, well, you probably didn't have endo that bad. I actually had stage four endometriosis. And when I had my first surgery, I had endometriosis over my bowel, uh, my uterus, my uh, bladder and my ovaries, it was fucking everywhere. Um, 
I actually had quite bad endometriosis. However, I did what was required of me. I did the Western side of things. I went and I saw a doctor. I got like a scan. I booked in for surgery, had a laparoscopy, had the endometriosis removed. Um, unfortunately, I could. I started noticing that growing back. That's when I went more down of like a holistic route. And I did research and I was willing to invest money and sacrifice spending on other things in order to focus on my health and in order to not have that be a problem. Having a healthy period was probably one of my highest priorities for a good two years of my life. For a good two years of my life, I had regular, I'm talking between every two to four weeks, I saw an acupuncturist who specialized in uh, fertility periods, things like that. And she would give me herbs and direction and tell me what to do and what not to do. I also invested in a functional health specialist who took all of my blood work and really um, treated endometriosis from the root cause. So he doesn't look at endometriosis as the problem. He looks at endometriosis as a symptom. So he doesn't look at it as you have endometriosis. He looks at it as endo is you're experiencing endo because there's something else going on. Let's find what's going on that's causing the endo. And that was very, very personal to me. There was multiple things. There was like gut dysbiosis and whatever. It was all personal based off my blood work and stuff. And for anyone that's going to ask, because I'm probably going to get asked, he, the the specialist that I worked through for that was Jake Dollishell. He's on Instagram. And then the acupuncturist that I saw, her name was Lauren Curtin. And just two life-changing humans. But for two years, that was a priority for me. The first step was coming off the contraceptive pill. The second step, and I'm not saying you should just get your own advice. I'm just telling you what I did. So the first thing was I came off the contraceptive pill. The second thing was that I... um got regular acupuncture, took all the herbs and the things. The third is that I saw the um, the functional health specialist um, and basically did a lot of research. One of the things that I was told is that gluten is one of the worst things for people with endometriosis. Did I want to cut out gluten? No. Did I feel like when I ate gluten, I had an instantaneous reaction? No. So that's what made it really hard. He's like, I, you know, you know how you hear people say, oh, but I feel fine when I have gluten. Same, sis. Fucking same. (laughs) Like, I felt totally fine when I had gluten. Nothing was wrong. But I was looking at, based on the research, based what I was being told, I was like, okay, gluten is supposed to not be really great for endometriosis, so I'm just going to cut it out. Like, I'm just going to take a few extra precautions. So I cut out gluten. I then cut out for the most part, um, and not entirely, but for the most part, refined sugars. I then introduced a lot of supplements. Like there were so many things that I was doing for my health. And I started noticing my periods getting better and better and better and better. And I remember having... Um, my first period where, because anyone who has endo, it's just like coming from someone like I do not like to take like Panadol or antibiotics or anything like that. Like I, it's the very, very, very last resort for me. Um, but every period I would have to have Panadol and your friend, like, like I, it was just, the pain was so bad. Like I wasn't getting through. Right. And I remember having my first period where on day one of my cycle, I just took two Panadol and that was it. And the rest, like it was painful, but I, I could just ride out the pain and I was like, Hey, this is working. And then I remember having my first cycle of no painkillers. And that would have been like my first period without painkillers in like four years. And I remember being so excited. And then I had a wedding I had a wedding come up and um, 
there was not a lot of food options there. There was no gluten-free options there. And I was like, yeah, whatever, cool. So I had like pizza and all these things. And next thing you know, my next cycle rolls around and I had a fucking painful period again. So I was like, all right, gluten, it's a no-go. Even though I feel fine when I have it, obviously what it's doing long-term to my cycle doesn't like it. So cut that back out and then, you know, pain-free period again. And then I had, you know, four or five pain-free periods, um, completely pain-free, no flare-ups, anything like that in lead up to having uh, or to conceiving. And I see people complain about things like endometriosis and things like that. And don't get me wrong. I believe that someone can do all of the right things and it still might not work. And that fucking sucks. Um, You know, someone can have endometriosis and they can see the functional health specialist. They can get their blood work. They can cut out gluten. They can cut out refined sugar. They can eat healthy. um, They can drink filtered water, do all the things. And they don't have necessarily maybe the response that I had. And like that really, really sucks but are they trying? That's what I want to see. Are you trying? Are you doing everything you can to actually make sure that your situation isn't what it is? Are you doing everything within your power that you can? Are you pulling on every single resource that you can? Are you making every right and good decision on behalf of your body that you can. And this is so much bigger than endometriosis. This is relationships. This is business. This is money. And again, let's apply business. I see people, you know, complain about where they're at and I'm like, okay, but are you trying? Are you putting in XYZ? You know, let's talk about money. Okay. But are you showing up as powerfully as you can with money? Are you making empowering moves? Are you being congruent with money? Are you honoring commitments? Are you paying invoices on time or like early if you can? Like what's your relationship with that? So I, it's a whole different story when someone's doing the things and the things aren't working yet. Like that can be really, really frustrated. But what I'm not down for is people complaining about their situation, but they're not taking responsibility and doing everything that's in their power. So This is just like a really cool conversation of where you get to look at. And I believe we always get to look at these things. I, at every, every level new devil, there's still things I catch myself and I'm like, oh, Jesse, like you're not even doing the bare minimum there. So it's kind of like, if you want more, does it make sense that you have more based on how you're currently showing up? If you have a dream car, does how you treat your current car is that reflective of someone who owns your dream car? Or is your car messy and filthy and filled with fucking clothes from four weekends ago and you haven't had it washed in weeks and you won't put premium fuel in it and it hasn't been serviced for, you know, two years, like that kind of thing. So you get to look at all these different situations, like your car, money, your career, your relationship, your friendship, your business, friendships. Like let's even go there. I will see quite frequently people not necessarily complain, but be disappointed with the levels of friendship they have. And and there's a lot of, I want to meet new people and people are expecting to meet new people and call in more aligned friendships, but they're still entertaining the friendships they know aren't good for them just because they don't want to feel alone for five minutes. I've done previous podcast episodes about this as well, previous episodes about friendship where I went through a phase of feeling very, very lonely for a period of time, but I remember asking myself, do the kind of friends that I want, when I think about the kind of friends that I want in the standard of friendship, are those kind of people entertaining me if I'm entertaining those friendships? And the answer was no. 
Like, so I got to look at that. I was like, I wouldn't hang out with me if I was entertaining that because you're only as empowered or you're only as clean and congruent as what you entertain entertains, okay? So just because maybe you don't do X, Y, Z, but if you get in a room with everyone else who's doing X, Y, Z, there's still a level that that's the frequency you're playing on. And I had to ask myself of, am I okay to play on that frequency? Yes or no. Um, You know, it's not just about you being you know, healthy and da-da-da and not partying and whatever. But if every single one of your friends party and binge drink and take drugs and X, Y, Z, like you're playing in that frequency. So it's just really, really looking at that as well. So sometimes conversations like this, they fucking sting the ego. But do you know what? They're the most life-changing conversations because so many of the things that bruised my ego or made me frustrated or made me feel like defensive or whatever have been the things that when I just like let that feeling settle and sit and was like, okay, and I fucking listened and I did something about it, I saw change. So I think sometimes these conversations can be the most uncomfortable, but I think that they can also spark so much change. And like, really, like that's my intention of why I have these conversations. I don't have these conversations to just trigger people for fucking funsies on a Tuesday. Like that's, that's not my goal. My goal is like, I just know so many people aren't tapped into their fullest potential right now. And that's what I want for people. That's what I want for you. I want you to tap into your full potential. I want you to show up optimally with your health, like live out your fullest potential. Like if you can run and jump and have access to buy healthy foods, like fucking do that shit. Like if you have the capacity to have a phone and an internet connection and build an online business, fucking do that shit. If you have the opportunity where you can can afford to invest in mentorship, do that shit. Like whatever the thing is, ask yourself in all areas of your life, across the entire board, with your family, with your friendships, with your relationships or dating life, with your health, your fitness, your body, your well-being, your mindset, your spirituality, your money, your career, your business, whatever it is, are you living up to your potential in that area? And I invite you to audit your whole life and maybe you want to write down all the different areas in categories and look at your life and audit it and go, am I showing up to my fullest potential in this area? Yes, no, why? Yes, no, why? Um, How can I show up more in alignment with my fullest potential here? And then the second list that I invite you to do is what is everything I say that I want right now? Like what's everything on your desire list? Do you want Even if it's not like you want it right now, but you know there's a part of you that in the back of your mind, you're like, okay, well, I want that eventually. So it might be like right now you want to make more money and what you want later is a new car. You don't care if you don't get the new car right now. What you want more is money, but eventually you want the new car. The new car still goes on the list. So if you want a new house, a new car, if you want a better relationship, you want better friendships, what are all the things you have a desire for right now? And then ask yourself, based on how I'm currently showing up in that area of my life, does it make sense the universe would give me more, right? Based on how I'm currently showing up in that area, does it make sense that the universe would give me more? Because if you are not already optimizing and showing up powerfully with that now, what makes you think you can handle more of it? What makes you think you can handle more responsibility? Because even let me tell you in friendships, there's a level of 
when you entertain very, very low caliber friendships, you can get away with whatever you want. Like if you do something dodgy, if you um, drop your fucking standards, if you show up as a leaky, incongruent human, if you skip the gym, if you, whatever it is, your friends are just going to go, do you know what they're going to say? Don't worry about it, babe. Like, you know what? You're doing your best. You had a hard day. I mean, that's fucking nice, but that's not what I want. I want friends that turn around and be like, Jesse, like, shut the fuck up and get to the gym because that's what aligns with your goals. Like I want friends who will call me out and call me forward. And a lot of the the relationships I have now, everything from my fiance to my best friend to a lot of the relationships in my life, people hold me to a higher standard. Like I don't get to get away with things. I don't get to be sloppy. I don't get to drop my standards because they will call me out on that shit. So if I was already being leaky, incongruent, lazy, like whatever, and I'm like, oh, I want these really empowering friendships. Like I want these people that hold me to a higher standard. If I'm not holding myself to a higher standard, good fucking luck, right? So start looking at these areas. Would you be friends with you, you know, and not you on your best day, not you when you're feeling abundant, not you when you're making the most amount of money, not you when good things are happening, but the version of you that's in the fucking shit that has to pull on grit and discipline and doesn't feel like it and feels resistance. How do you show up in those moments? And are you proud of those? Because if you can clock showing up as a powerful human in the shit, if you can, if you can flex and really pull on tenacity and your emotional intelligence, when things are hard, when you're holding projections, when you feel resistance, when you're dealing with grief or heartbreak or all these things, if you show the universe, Hey, you like, that's what I was dealt. And I fucking handled like a boss. You're telling the universe that you have the capacity for more. You're showing the universe. I can handle what you give me next. And that's when the next comes. The next doesn't come when you're already waving in and out and struggling and flaking and things like that. So audit your life. What are all of the different life categories? Are you living up to your full potential in them? Second thing, what are all the things you say you desire, you say that you want? And based on how you're currently showing up in each of those areas, does it make sense for you to have more? I hope you got some absolute juice out of today's episode. If you are a business owner and you really want something that's going to help you work on building a very, very tenacious, bulletproof mindset, more specifically in business, I highly recommend you do my program Tenacity. I'll link that in the show notes for you guys, but that is absolutely like absolutely incredible. We go into everything from like resilience, emotional intelligence, all the things that are required for you to be someone who mentally is fucking bulletproof at every level so you can hold whatever is thrown at you. So that one's a goodie. Um, But other than that, I hope you guys have the best night, the best day, whatever the time is that you're listening and I'll see you in the next one. If you want to stay up to date with future episodes, make sure to follow us on Spotify or Apple Podcasts and find us on socials at The Jesse Williams Podcast. If you love today's episode, make sure to share it with a friend or tag us on socials. Or you can support the show by leaving a review on Apple Podcasts. Thanks so much for tuning in and I'll see you in the next episode.